Guys, today's show is brought to you by DV8 Clothing. That is DV, the number eight. Guys, I love this brand. I love this product. Um, the owner of it is a very good personal friend of mine, somebody very close to me. And when they asked to be a sponsor of the uh, the podcast, I had zero hesitation about what they were doing. Um, I was actually there for the conception of the company. Uh, so it means a lot to me. And um, it's a brand new clothing brand. They, they specialize in selling athletic clothes, but they don't just have athletic clothes. They've got hoodies. They've got t-shirts. They've got uh, fanny packs, anything, and more products to come. That is DV8, guys. DV8 from the ordinary. Go buy DV8. And right now, for my listeners only, this you will not find this promo code anywhere else. Barbell. Use the promo code BARBELL, all caps, and you will get 15% off your purchase of DV8. That's DV8 clothing, guys. Go check them out. They're DV8 activewear on Instagram. Go give them a follow, a like. Uh, check out some of their stuff. Their logo is amazing. Their brand is great. Their owner is an amazing, close, personal friend of mine. And they're just awesome, guys. I love them. Uh, guys, Deviate from Ordinary with Deviate Clothing. Link in the description below. Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. No worries, my man. That's happened before, so it's yeah, uh. This is my first time actually talking on the Zoom call. Usually, I have a black screen or. <laughs> Dude, have you even have you even done COVID? What's going on? How have you not known? Have you not been on a Zoom call before? I've been on Zoom calls, but it's not like I've talked <laughs> on them. It was it's like I'm learning something. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I'll hop on somebody's Zoom call, learn something, and hop off. But I right. wasn't. You don't speak part of it. I wasn't. I wasn't talking or anything. So this the. It's literally the first time I've talked on a Zoom call in my five years of using it. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So, um, well, hey, Russ, why don't you tell – just tell me a little bit because we kind of – for those that don't know, um, I'm a home security salesman, you know, by day, MMA fighter by night, whatever. But uh, <laughs> Russ and I actually met. It was one of my, like, um, like one of my appointments, one of the people I was supposed to go see – uh was his brother and we just started talking hitting it off about like media stuff i don't even know how it came up it was just some little it's one of those random moments that couldn't be recreated by time right right, right. Like, just uh, one of those comments that somebody said in the conversation and it just sparked like a 15 20 minute conversation but so what is your background like what did you how did you start well just tell tell me like your background and then what you actually do as far as um like work well, and everything. Cause you don't work a conventional job, right? You just do media. No, I haven't worked a conventional job since the late uh, fourth quarter, 2019. Okay. Um, and I'll kind of, I'll kind of start there. So in 20, in 2018, I was facing homelessness oh, and uh, I just moved back to Las Vegas after a few years of prior where I moved away to um, Indiana, Kentucky, the Kentucky, Indiana area. And I was trying to find a job and I had all the qualifications that I needed to pursue a job. 
getting interviews, but I never got a second interview when I didn't get job offers. And this is for jobs that was in my field, like private security and customer service and marketing. Um, I just couldn't find a job. Well, I was severely depressed. Um, the beginning of like the first 60 days of 2018, mm -hmm. I was so depressed that I didn't get one minute of sleep. And what I mean by that is I would be up for 24 hours, but however, like when I, I did lay down and I try to go to sleep for six hours a day, I would just lay there, mm -hmm. eyes not closed in the dark, just almost recharging my body oh, wow. to the point where after that sick, exactly six hours, my, I would literally hop out the bed and act like nothing just happened. I kind of stumbled across live streaming on this app called the Meet Me app, where I just used it at first to just talk to chicks. I'm not lying. Like, I love beautiful women. And, and that was kind of an easy way to do so without the, the normal day-to-day -day nonsense that goes on with uh, trying to converse with women nowadays. And uh, one day, one of my crushes on the app came to my live, and somebody else that was I befriended came on the live. We started sharing jokes and whatnot. And then one of them told me to tell me, tell me, they said, one of them said, tell me your story. So I told him a story about how um, I, I was put into a situation where I lost my, I was with, I was building a business with my business partner in Indiana. And Long story short, I was making anywhere between five to $10,000 a month helping people get in shape. Now, the person that was helping me was supposed to be my business partner. And we're, we had our contract and everything, what we we're gonna do, but I didn't have an LLC or escort behind me. I was just doing it off of social media because it was the easiest way at the time I knew to get money. Right. Legally. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> So um, she came to me one day and asked me for a relationship. And I knew it wasn't a relationship based off of her loving me because she had three children and she seen the amount of money I was getting daily because she was also the accountant. Right. And I told her that I was straight honest with her. I said, look, I'm, I understand that you're looking for a man to provide a security blanket for you and your family. And you want to build on top of that. But you knew who I was before we started this. You weren't interested in me then. I, I don't want this to ruin a relationship we have now. We have the potential to do big things. So let's keep on the path that we're on. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, uh, I'm coming in from having one too many shots at the bar. And there's paperwork all over the table, the kitchen table. I go to the kitchen table and long story short, she pretty much took the name that we were using, put an LLC behind it, overtook the bank account and took everything from me. Oh At God. that moment, I became nothing. So um, for a year and a half, about a year, almost two years, I was, I was down and out. I was in a state I had no, I knew no one. And it took lots of courage and something that I can't explain to help me get out of that situation. Right. 
So after moving, um, that's when I moved away from Vegas because I moved away in Vegas in 2015. So um, when I moved back to Vegas late 2018, no, late 2017, that's where I pick off with me trying to find a job. Um, and they asked, she asked me what my, uh, my story was. I told her that story and she told me I had the potential to be a top streamer on this app. And a top streamer is pretty much the, a broadcaster that's a face of the company and really is an asset to the company to, to bring in not only funds, but to bring more people to the app. I didn't know what that meant. I just know I'm great at talking to people. I know I'm entertaining people. I can raise my energy at any point. I can lower it at any point. I can grasp people's attention. I'm great at that. Mm -hmm. So I just took what I've already knew how to do and I applied it. And within my first month of actually live streaming, I was able to make over almost three thousand dollars. And I was and I was also granted the opportunity to be this top this top broadcaster. Now, I've been what, doing that for the last. I've been doing that since uh, February. Oh uh, no, since March second of two thousand eighteen. Now, what app was and this? I, um, the Meet Me app. It's a dating oh, app. Okay, gotcha. It's, it's classified as a dating app. You can find. Uh, your your future life partner, boyfriend, whatever you're looking for, a girlfriend. But for me, it's it's a business. I get on there and I entertain people. I talk about real life uh, situations. I talk about anywhere between um, like my my personal situations or, uh, or that I lived that I overcame to help other people realize that they're not the only ones in life going through something. Mm -hmm. I talk about um, like just last night, I was telling a business owner that had no idea that they can qualify for money from the government. All, all if they had a business, if they had a business, they didn't need to have an LLC or S corp. They just need to be a sole proprietor making money on a daily basis. They could prove it. Right, right. And I was able to help about five people qualify for anywhere between one thousand to two twenty thousand dollars from the government for that. Now, if I wasn't in a position to be who I am for that app or to be who I am now. Without being in a position to help those people, I don't think so. So it's been a great it's been a great ride to become who I am on social media because it's opened up different avenues of of ways to advance, and I'm just taking a taking advantage of how powerful um, social media is now. Gotcha. Now, so when you say you made money, how exactly? Uh, do you make money off that app? Is it through advertising? Is it through no, like? Some I wish it was. I definitely wish we we're getting that advertisement. Believe right. Me. So, so is the, it like people like kind of like a Patreon? Like how does that work? So say for instance, um, you're, I'm gonna explain it from your shoes so you can understand. Okay. You're you're the host of this stream, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm a guest. And the way people, the way you get paid is people can donate gifts. And the way you get gifts is you purchase them with your own money, or you can you can um you can gain coins through the app from watching ads or other ways as well. And so what happens is people send a gift, and a gift can cost anywhere between five coins and a hundred thousand coins. Mm -hmm. And it has different animations that come across the screen, and it's a very exciting time when it, when people see that. Now, for the money part, um, if you accumulate 80,000 coins worth of those gifts, that's $200. Oh, okay. If you accumulate 200,000 uh, 200, of those coins and gifts, that's $500. $500. If you accumulate 400,000 coins worth of those gifts, that's $1,000. And you can max out at $1,000 per day. 
So the first couple of months out on it, I wasn't really making money. I was reinvesting the gifts back to build my brand. But after I realized that I could really make money with this, I just went all in. And 2018, in 2018, I ended up um, getting a job with AT&T in Oklahoma. Okay. And I worked that job until November 2019. And it was a a crazy time at that job because around that time, everybody started getting sick. Oh, jeez. But I wasn't getting sick. And I was like, but I haven't got sick since 2007, maybe eight. No, no. When I got, I got discharged in, two, in 2008. Oh, you so were I, haven't got, I haven't got really sick since 2008. You were in the military? Yeah, in the military. I did what about 11 you, months. What branch did you serve in? The U.S. Army. Thank you, my man. My, bu- my best friend in the whole world just uh, swore into the Army like two days ago. So Man, he, your friend is going to have the time of his life, especially what's going on now. So I'm just sending him my best energy because I know it's tough going through training. It's, right. it's, it's not for everybody. But if you make it the best situation possible to make you the best person ever, because uh, training, basic training did so much for me, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, we can, we can touch on that later. So um, around that time um, in November, 2018, uh, 2019, a lot of people were getting sick and I noticed this, but no, it wasn't a sick as in they had cold inside of them. It was just a sickness that, they were just coughing and sneezing all, and I'm like, I can't be around this. And so another situation happened. I can't really go into details right now, but I started thinking about life. And a lot of people don't have this option, but at the time I did. Am I making enough money with live streaming and my clothing brand and my motivational speaking business to quit this job right now? This is after literally and i i know this is gonna sound crazy whoever listening i upgraded my phone <laughs> from the iphone 10x max to the iphone 11 pro max the day before i quit my job it was almost like when i got that phone it was a realization like there's a lot more to life that i have to to gain in a in a in a tract sitting at this job I'm not gonna be able to do it. Right. And I didn't know that was a powerful moment for me because I was able to get ahead of the COVID situation. Yeah, right. Nobody knew that was happening, but I made a situation literally three to four months before that happened. Right. And if I didn't make it then I don't think I would be the person I am right now. I would be mm-hmm. still struggling to try to make ends meet and be worse off. Right. So, gotcha. So now what do you do? So what do you do now? So you, are you still on the meet me app? Is that your main yeah. platform? Just because it's that's right now it's, 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 I, I make 60% of my income from that. Okay. Also make, um, I'll, I'll complement that with, um, either helping people with run ads for their businesses. I help consult them with, um, how to start their businesses or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I do? Um, <laughs> you got so many things. So as I said, so, as I have my hands in so many things to the point where it's like somebody could hit me up and ask me how to start. Like, 
a woman, a woman friend of mine makes money on OnlyFans. Okay. And she was trying to figure out how to make it a business. Right. And I just asked her a few questions and she asked them like, okay, you think this qualifies for the business, this, that, and the other. So you can actually get tax breaks and benefits from that. But a lot of people don't know that hmm. they wouldn't. Um, and I only know it because one, it's something I looked into. And two, um, I've had friends before that told me little tips and tricks, how to get ahead using the system legally. And, um, so from that, and what's the crazy thing about COVID is right when I quit my job, my clothing brand started taking off. Like the, like the week after I quit my job, my brand went from making about five sales a month to making a hundred sales in three days. Holy cow. And I'm like, what's going on with this? This is right. something crazy. And then the more I kept sharing my story about my brand, more people kept buying into it. And a month before, the month before COVID started, um, I amassed my first multi-thousand dollar month in sales. Oh, wow. And I was on top of the world. Right. And right when I'm about to like, go take the next step and branch off and do more things, the whole world gets hit with the lockdown. Oh, geez. And everybody lose their job. Mm -hmm. Well, most people lose their job because of it. So the the benefit of me having a a business that's generating all this money, I felt bad because the the twenty something dollars somebody spent for a t shirt or whatever they bought off my website, that could be going toward tissue at the time. Cause I don't know if anybody remembers toilet tissue was a premium. Oh my gosh. Toilet paper was currency. Toilet paper right, was right. currency, bro. Right at the beginning. <laughs> I swear. And so I seen a video of one of my friends crying on Instagram about not being able to get something that hit me. So I refunded everybody oh, that wow. purchased from me within the last 90 days of in business. Oh my goodness. A lot of people cursed me out behind it. The woman that I was uh, that was courting cursed me out about it. She said, "I don't need your money." I'm like, "It's not about you needing my money. It's about me feeling bad that we're all going through a tough time. So how can I be worrying about growing my brand or financial gain yeah. on the backs of people who are struggling?" Okay, and so I'm I not here to I'm not here to judge anybody. You know what I'm right. saying? But at the same time. But what everybody's going through, I just put everybody inside that one box. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather know that that $20 is going something you need this rather than something you want. So can I ask how, I, I, you probably won't say, but I'll ask how much money was refunded total? Let's say um, I made within that month of February, I bought in about $5,000 worth of sales. I made about 33 to 3,500 in profit. And I want to say over $3,000 was refunded. So you the only reason why the last, I didn't re the only reason why to refund all of it, because I was personally threatened yeah. by somebody who made a big order. She said, if you refund me, refund me that money, I'm going to take a flight to where you are and I'm going to put, I'm going to put my foot, you know, where. And when she told me that, I was like, okay, fine. I'm not, not going to. 
what what was the purpose for her was it like a friend of yours that was just yes. like don't refund me the money you're like you're good yeah she was like she really believed in my brand okay, okay so my brand my 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 company name is Marion Grafford. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and if anybody's listening to this, go check yeah. out his stuff, Marion Grafford. I don't have it up yet because I'm still in the oh. purpose of I'm rebranding, but the website will be up um, within the next couple of weeks. Okay. Is there um, a place so. where people can find you, like an Instagram or because uh, most most of my listeners probably aren't on Meet Me. True. Um, I, I'm on. My name is Rush Jovan on Instagram, Twitter, um, Snapchat. Okay. TikTok. <laughs> Can you just spell that out? Yes, Russ is R-U-S-S. Um, Jovan is J-O-V-O-N. Yep. So, um, and um, so I started that business back in, um, it was April 1st of 2019. Okay. I woke up and I was just thinking, I'm like, yo, it'd be funny if I start a business today. <laughs> like as a joke, like I was yeah, thinking right. about making a Facebook joke. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to. And I've been having this idea on my mind for a while. Give you, I'll give you an example. When I was homeless in 2016, going through that, my bro would go would visit from California, would fly to Louisville, Kentucky to see mm -hmm. his fiance, which is now his wife. Oh, cool. And when we'll be chilling or not, there'll be some dead space. And then my conscience would be like, this is the perfect time to hit him with it. I'm like, I'll ask him, like, bro. Imagine I got you a shirt. He said, what brand? I'm like, don't worry about the brand yet. He said, I said, imagine I got you a shirt. It was your favorite colors. It had, it had the best material possible. And its name was Marion Grafford. How much do you think that shirt would cost? He looked at me he, and he said, that sounds like the most expensive shirt I own in my closet. I, on a separate occasion, his fiance, we were going to like Bed Bath and Beyond and and all these um and my, and Michaels and all these stores shopping. And I had some downtime and I asked her, I was like, what if I what if I gifted you a purse that was your favorite colors and the brand was Marion Grafford? How much do you think that that purse will cost? And she looked at me and she said, Holy shit, that's a one expensive purse. So before it was, it was even an idea, the idea in people, the, you know, I, the idea in people's heads that I loved and loved me and knew who I was, knew nothing about this, and automatically they assumed just by the name it was expensive. I knew I was on to something. Right. And um, so long story short, April 1st is when I literally bought the Marion Grafford LLC. And three day, two days later, I became owner of it. And where'd you get the name? The name, um, it's a crazy story. I was, like I said, I was homeless on the streets and I was actually in, uh, at the time, where was I? Jeffersonville, Indiana. Okay. And I was, I was, I woke early in the morning Cause I will always wait for a knock for either the park officials or the police to, to open the knock on the door to, to signal it's time for me to come out. So, um, I was watching Voltron on Netflix. <laughs> this is a crazy story. I was watching Voltron on Netflix and it was the first episode when they got all the, all the 
the tigers to form Voltron. Okay. And I screamed hysterically. I was like, that's it. Oh my God. And I start crying, right? Cops kicked down the bathroom door, guns blazing, asking me what the hell was going on because they thought some suspicions was going on. I dropped my phone. I said, I was excited because I found the name of my brand. And I was like, what? And I was like, and I repeated myself. And he was like, so what's the name of your brand? I said, Marion Grafford. And he said, what is that? And I'm like, that's going to be a brand that one day your child is going to buy from because it's much easier to buy a prom suit than it is to rent one. And that's where my whole idea for this came from. So my junior year, my junior year of, um, no, my senior, my senior year in high school, I went to buy a three piece suit. Mm-hmm. It was an all white suit. The colorway was white and burgundy. Okay. And some shoes. And that cost me over 1800 bucks. Oh, jeez. And I was like, there has to be a better way to look good, feel good, and but not have to pay that price. So in my mind, that's been on the back, the back burner, slow cooking for a while. And I wanted to find a way that I can be a part of the solution. Instead of paying somebody else to be a part of it, I wanted, I wanted to be a part of it. Now, I'm not the biggest fashion guy. Right. But the people with the best ideas always have a team around them. Mm-hmm. And so I was always say, as long as I keep this idea alive enough, long enough to find the people that believe in this, this will be a thing. And um, in a short time, I was able to convince, not I want to say convince because it sounded like I was scheming, but I was able to tell a story more times than, than I can count to people who needed something to believe in. And those people started believing in not only what I was saying, not only who I am, but my brand as well. And I'm very thankful for that because it showed me that one, I was onto something good. And two, I still have more room to improve. Right. Yeah. So I've never watched Voltron. Is there somebody's name or did it just kind of, the name just hit you while you were watching it? It hit me while I was watching it, bro. Oh. I literally, when, as soon as I seen Voltron, it was almost, it was, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I was just in a, I was just in a, I was in a very dark place but I didn't let it affect me. So I was always trying to have a, a, a very peaceful mind. Right. So I was relaxed at the time. I had no idea this was a thing. It literally just hit me. Okay. It wasn't premeditated. It was because before I would see me having a brand, but it was always glitched out like matrix style. Like I would see right. numbers, but I wouldn't see the brand itself. But it was at that moment that I, I stopped seeing that glitched out symbol I was seeing, and I was seeing MG on everything. And I started seeing it on billboards. I started seeing it on car stickers. I started seeing it on people's clothing. I started seeing it on people's backpacks. People, sh- I started seeing it everywhere. Gotcha. I was like, okay, maybe that's a sign I need to start it. And that's when I did. So um, I'm in the middle of rebranding now, but my website will be up within the next week or two. Okay, cool. And that's just Miriam Bradford. Yes, M-A-R-I-O-N-G-R-A-D-F-O-R-D. Okay, yeah. cool, man. 
So when you say you were homeless, just kind of dive into that. Do you mean like you were just sleeping on couches um, or you were legitimately like... When I say I was homeless in 2016, from 2016 to 2000, late 2017, I'm talking about sleeping on a baseball, in a baseball dugout in the middle of winter. Oh, geez. Waking up, being covered in snow, and it being over in between four to eight inches of snow. Wow. Probably more. I'm talking about not knowing where I'm going to get my next meal coming from. I'm talking about the only thing that saved me at the time was basketball because basketball put me in a position to, to talk to people, to, to help them understand who I was, to put me in a position to get a job at Walmart or to, when I didn't have money, I would play people for money. I would pretend like I had money. Say, so I'll play you for five bucks. I will lose on purpose just so I can say double or nothing. <laughs> because I knew my hunger to win that second game was going to outweigh you wanting to. And I hustled people like that. Wow. I hope none of those people see this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it gets I promise you, I, I hustled a lot. I hustled <laughs> a lot of people doing that. And people wow. like, at, at the end of the second game, they're like, who are you? I'm like, I'm just somebody who loves basketball. But deep down inside, they didn't know that if I didn't win that game, I wasn't going to eat that day. And I probably wasn't going to eat tomorrow yeah so i had to so when i say homelessness i was like really down and out it was just me in my nike duffel and the only place i could go at the time was a um was a gym it's called louisville athletic club and um i would go there to shower i would go there to get in the steam room to like to fix my joints after sleeping on metal and wood and hard concrete I do that for like a couple of hours. When I get out, I'll stretch, go play ball for a couple of hours, then I'm off to work or work or staying there all day because I had nowhere else to go. Wow. So yeah, it was like it was like that for a while because I I was stuck in a mental state where I was like, yo, like this happened to me before. But at, when I can't when I got discharged from the military in 2008, it was May 31st, 2008 when I got discharged, and I got discharged during the the, uh, the market collapse. And I'm making this money in the military. I'm coming home thinking I'm going to get a job and everything going to be okay. Right. An apartment complex that I qualified for wasn't even accepting applications. Oh, my goodness. The McDonald's on the corner had a now hiring sign for three years collecting dust. Didn't hire one person. And if McDonald's wasn't hiring when they was needing people, I knew nobody else was. Right. So, um it just got to a point where I was like, it's life telling me that this is my life. And I started believing that it was. And it took a lot, a lot to help me get out of that situation. Because looking back on it, I don't think I would have been able to do that alone. Right. If I didn't had the people in my life at the time, I would have still been stuck in that, that world of thinking that was for me. So now I don't want to get too personal because I don't know you very well. And I don't know, like, enough about your story but if you feel comfortable was there just no like familial structure like did you like where was there nobody you could stay with or live with like what's not nah, because for me it's, it's a little bit different like most people have when they're they're born into a family right 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 either a mother and father mother mother father father depending on what it is or or a father or a mother and they grow they have a they're part of a family and they are 
no matter how big the family is, they have one. Right. For me, I didn't have that. Okay. Um, I was put in a foster care at a very young age. Oh, geez. I emancipated foster care in 19 and a half. And when I tell you, I literally went from Friday night, Friday morning, waking up in my group, in my foster home bed, to Friday night, being in Texas, in my dorm room, I had no way of differentiating the life I was living. And life, I never really had an opportunity to learn the same things that you might have learned at that same time in life. Right. Because, and and I'm going to be honest, in high school, in high school, I did homework, but I I didn't do homework. I did tests, though, because I knew the test was worth a big part of my grade. So at worst, I was getting a C plus or B minus if I pass on my, if I pass my midterm, pass my final, I'm getting a B plus. All the homework was BS. So I figured high, I mean, college was the same way. I would do my homework in class. I would turn in. I wouldn't even focus on if it was right or not. And, but I would focus on the test because that's the way I studied. And I, I quickly found out that was the wrong way to do that. So right. my first, my first semester of uh, college was not good. It wasn't bad, but it's now up to the standards that I held for myself. Right. right. And um, I went to this college the next, next semester improved dramatically, but I needed to go to, um, I needed to go to summer school for one class. They ended up giving me a loan. And I ended up not going to summer school. I ended up moving to Minnesota for the summer. And then after that summer, I was like, what am I going to do? Because I had no idea what I was going to do. And I ended up going to the military. I ended up on the brink. Just like, you know what? I was facing homelessness. And I remember exactly what my recruiter said in, in high school. He was like, He's like, you're going to wait. You're the type of person to wait till you're in a dire situation to join the army when you could have done this right after high school. And I was like, well, you're right. So I, walked, I literally took a, I took a, a, the bus and a taxi to his office while I was still in my dirty, holy clothes and said, I'm ready to join the army. And he looked at me with disbelief, but he, he understood where I was coming from and why I did it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just ha- it just so happens that I went into the army at the wrong time, cause um, I went in in, in mid um, twenty oh seven and got through basic and everything. Everything was good, but similar to COVID, I started hearing rumblings of something happening before it happened, and I remember my sergeant up accidentally slipping up and saying. You know, if you get kicked out the military right now, you're not going to be able to find a job for, for, for a long time. So it'll behoove you to follow instructions because some of y'all won't make it past next week. I'm like, what's going on? And then next day I know they had everybody do a PT test for anybody who don't know what a PT test is, a physical training test. Mm-hmm. And that training test um, consisted of push-ups. Um, you had to do as many push-ups in two minutes as you could. You had to do as many sit-ups as you could in two minutes. You had to run a, a, a two-mile run in a certain amount of time as well. So I did my, I did like about 40, 48 push-ups in about 30 seconds. Because I, I knew for me, my challenge wasn't push-ups at the time. My challenge was sit-ups. 
Because for some reason, when I do sit-ups, like I don't feel it in my abs. I feel it more in my legs. No matter mm. how hard I tuck, I, no matter how hard I crunch my muscles in my abs, I just don't. Oh, that's weird. And so, on crunches I do, but not sit-ups. It's all. It feel like the, the the where my legs meet my where my upper torso meets my lower torso. That's exactly where I feel the tension. Huh. And so, I knew that I was gonna have to use all my work for that. But it was also going to hinder me on my run because that's where my power came from on my legs. All right. right. So um, I, I ended up running um, a 14.25 two-mile run. When I came around to get my time, man, I stopped. They said I had two more laps to go. I'm like, what? I just told you last last lap was my uh, was my seventh, and this was my eighth. And he was like, no, you got two more to go, and it was adamant about it. So I ran my two my two more laps and I just I just jogged it because I wasn't trying. I was like, I just I literally paced myself to run uh one mile in seven minutes or less. And I almost did that. It was a little bit over, but I did it. Right. And you're telling me I have to run two more. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. There was a another private who um who did less miles that they gave my two laps too. And um and they, and he, they said he finished in the time that I finished, and they gave me his time. His original time was like like nineteen fifty something. Oh, jeez. So, come to find out, they screwed both of us because somebody in the military, when they swore him in, knew he had a triple triple uh, enlarged heart, and they went attacked that in another personal issue I won't go into to kick him out the military. And for me, they kicked me out because my PT test, because um, my PT test was, um, I didn't pass it. And I'm like, but I did pass my PT test. And I'm trying to, I went in front of a, a council to let them know, like I did. And there was like, my captain looked me in the face and he told me, he was like, if anybody defends you, they will lose rank or face worse repercussions. And at that moment, I realized the military wasn't for me. So I just took the discharge. And I got discharged wow. in May of 20, 2008. Wow. But you still speak very highly of the military. What I do. I mean, and I, I speak very highly of the military, too. I know there's situations and issues very similar to yours. And think you know, there's mishaps. And, uh, I mean, I think there's probably politics that get played a lot. Definitely. Um, but it's one reason why I do. Yeah. No matter what happened to me and countless other people on a personal level while you're while we're at home sleep at night after our days of work there's people fighting for our freedom and they wouldn't put they didn't ask to do that they just thought that they were changing their lives to better their situation but they're put into a situation no matter where they are where they wear their uniform every decision that they make impacts our freedom Right. And I don't know if anybody listening to this understands what freedom is, but the freedoms that we have on a daily basis, they come with a price and the people in the military pay that every day. So that's the reason why I'm very grateful for it. I still speak highly of it. I'm still proud to have been a, to be a veteran. And yeah. <laughs> Good for you, man. And I completely agree. And um yeah, it's just crazy. You know, we have a, we have such a, a cushion society, I think maybe is a way to put it. Like, 
uh, America is just so nice, man. I tell people like I was in Mexico for about four months and I tell people, Hey, if you have a problem with the way America is, just go live in a third world country for a few months <laughs> and you'll see the police force is different. The justice system is different. I mean, America's never had a foreign war on their shores. There's no other bases in our country. You know, we are the world's foremost superpower. Um, and, you know, the only thing we have really to complain about that you see in the media is things that have happened hundreds of years ago. And it's just like, that's, that's a good society, in my opinion, is if the only thing you have to complain about is what generations past had to go through. I look at America as like the big family reunion where you got people off to the side doing what they love doing, people over here, you got people all at the table talking about life and having fun. And we might not all like each other. Right. But we all have that sense of understanding that we love where we from. Right, right, right. And that's how person I am. I, I love the fact that I, I can't imagine myself being born in any other situation in any other country. Right. Like, even though my upbringing wasn't the best, I'm not changing that for nothing. Because I noticed there's people that people elsewhere that if they had a job that they didn't like and they there's no other opportunity for them because they have to work that job regardless every day. Right. Until they're not able to. Right. That alone for me signals happiness for me because I had an opportunity. Now I had also had an opportunity not to take that, not to take that route. Right. But it was still a choice. And I, and like every day we wake up, we have choices we make. And a lot of people don't have, have the same opportunity. And I love it. Dude. No, I love it. I don't love it for them. But I love it for me. Right. Dude, that's awesome, man. Like, that's just so encouraging to hear because, uh, I mean, you just don't it, like, there's just, it's just not the easy thing to talk about, you know, like it's not. you, you live the American dream. You were homeless on the street and you could have complained and asked for handouts. And instead you said, no, I'm going to start my own business. Like if I don't have a college degree, yes. if I'm not having the benefits from the military, if it's, you know, 2008 or 2010, 2009 with the ramifications of the stock market or the housing crash, like I'm going to figure it out. And no. here you are, man. Like I saw your house, like you and your, uh, your brother, um, like, yeah, bro. And I'm going to just tell you, like, I appreciate those words because as men, we just do without thinking. We just go. Right. And so that, that hit me hard just now. So thank you so much for that. No, dude. Thank you, man. Like yeah, you're on my podcast. You. You're telling people about your journey, your story. Um, there, there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of, Hey, you are maybe not a hundred percent in control, but you can control what's on the inside. No, like, definitely. You're definitely in hundred percent control. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm glad you said those words. Cause I wanted to share this story. Um, so back in 20, this was 2015. I was in, no, no, no. It was 2017. No, it was 2015, 2015, um, August, I was in Houston, Texas. Okay. for a convention. It was a weight loss convention for this company I was a part of um, called Vaisalis. I think, yeah, Vaisalis. And um, I think I've heard of I was, I was a part of, I was a weight loss champion of the Western region. I was there. It was giving us lots of love and we're sharing our stories with hundreds of thousands of people and it was good. 
And there was one particular person, a part of the company I really wanted to talk to. In 17 months, he went from working at a gym to making over $1.7 million in, in his businesses. Um, and he was just this rock star in my mind. Like, yeah. I, I love his energy. I love his, his purpose. I love the way he walked, the way he talked, the way just everything. He became that he became that it factor for me that I wanted to be like. Right. So I went up to him and I was like, excuse me, sir, I can, can I ask you a question? He was like, yo, Russ, can, I got you. You can ask me anything. So the fact that he said my name, it was like, man, I, I didn't, I did, I, I did, I shifted some, I, I made some type of way for him to know who I was. And so I, I was like, I have a, this important question I want to ask you because it's been, it's been eating at me. And here's the question I asked him. I was like, when you wake up in the morning, and you don't feel like getting out of bed. You don't feel like going to work. You don't feel like grinding. You don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. Outside of your wife and your children, what is the one reason that you're going to do so to make that, to continue your path of, great, of greatness? And without, a, without hesitation, he looked at me and said, it's a choice. Now, when he told me those three words, I was infuriated. Because we're all looking for an answer to a question. Right. And we all think that it's this, the answer is this big, um, at this big trigonometry equation that's going to come out to this, this, this unavailable answer. Right. But we're right. still searching for it when it's all, every, the answer to all, most of our questions are simple. Yeah. And he repeated it. It's a choice. It's a choice. And then he ran to go talk to some people. Then he ran down the hallway. And while I'm still sitting there perplexed, he called my name when he's down the hallway and he screamed, it's a choice. Huh. I didn't understand it at the time. I'm going to be honest with you. And it wasn't until about a year or two ago where I was just feeling pissed off at the world. And I sat there and thought about this. Like, nobody else is feeling this but me. Right. And it was at that moment when I realized choice. It's a choice if I go to the bar and spend all my money on beer. It's a choice if I just binge out on fast food. It's a choice if if I want to just go buy PlayStation or the newest Jordan. It's a choice. I had to be more mindful of what I choose. And a lot of people don't understand that. They just fall victim to their circumstances, not circumstances, not knowing they have a choice. Mm. You have a choice to change it, either change the situation or remove yourself from the situation. But by removing yourself from the situation, that was a choice to do so. And a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people feel powerless. And, and I'm one of those people who like to empower people. Right. So I'm forever going to tell a story of mine that in, where a choice impacted my decision, uh, impacted the outcome of a decision I made. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think we have this thing like naturally, like, and I know it because I wrestled in college, like, you always want to look for and competitors in general, you always want to look for like an easy out or almost an excuse like, okay, well, this is why I wasn't successful. Everybody uses excuses. And I remember I had a similar situation. I would always get real nervous. I would always like, you know, get real anxious and I, I wouldn't compete well when I did and I wouldn't be able to sleep like, you know, this, this and this. And I thought, okay, there's either something wrong with me or there's an answer to this. And so I went 
and I actually spent a few weeks with the national champion at my weight class. Uh, I, I stayed at his house for a few weeks out in Pennsylvania and we became pretty good friends. And, and I just asked him, I was like, Hey man, how do you overcome like feeling, you know, that anxiety? How do you overcome like those nerves and everything? He's like, dude, you don't like, you never you don't. Do. I, I was waiting for you to say that because yeah. I knew what he was going to say before he even said it. You don't. And you that's, don't. The, <laughs> that's the thing is like, I'm looking for like a, Oh, I took this pill and it, and it made me better. And I started competing. Well, and we always look for like, the, or, you know, like with somebody like, well, how'd you get rich? And we always kind of look for something that we can't do to kind of give us an excuse to stay where we are. Exactly, bro. We don't like the simple answer that is hard to do that will elevate us, but it's still hard. Like we, we exactly. you know, I, I see this like with sales, it's like, or with fighting, it's like, I want somebody to just say, yeah, I'm just a natural specimen and, and that's how I got really good or, or whatever, as opposed to, dude, I work out three or four times a day and you know, I, I sleep, I get my eight hours of sleep. I wake up in the morning when my alarm goes off when I don't want to, like, that's what I don't want to hear, but that's yeah. the answer. You know, it's simple, it's, but it's I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I was a high school athlete, college athlete. I even played right. in the military and I live for those butterflies. Right. I live for that anxiety. Right. Right. Cause playing basketball, bro. It's like you go through, practice a couple times a week, you go through um, intense training individually or with your team. And I remember it was this one game where the butterflies were rumbling more than usual. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, under, I didn't understand what was going on. So right before tip off, I went to the, to the, the opponent's rim and I uh, placed my, placed my face on a pad and just hid my face. And um, I had this quiet conversation with my my good friend who's um, up above somewhere. And um, I just told him, I was like, I don't think I'm ready today. And the only words that I heard him say in my mind was, do what you've already, do what you've always done. And that mantra kind of helped, it helped me a lot because the moment that I got that first hit off that, when I came, when I was defending the screen, I got that first elbow, everything else went out the window. All I felt was that elbow and me trying to retreat on defense. Right. They scored. Now, what do we have to do? We got to go down and score because we can't let this game get out of hand. And then the game started to talk for itself. Mm-hmm. But it was a, um, I was just listening to a Kobe, uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. He's one of my, he's my favorite basketball player all time. He, um, he said in an interview that why would you get scared of, why would you get nervous of doing what you're doing when you've always done it? You, and that's, and it, and it kind of teared me up because at that moment when I told you I was, had the most butterflies I ever experienced, I don't know where they came from. I literally was stretching, sipping my Gatorade, stretching, getting, playing my music in my ears, and everything was good. But the moment I take my headphones off, I'm like, yo, this is a feeling I haven't felt before. Like, I felt it, but it's intensified. Right. So it's just, it just doesn't happen. And so when the lights come on, it's time to perform. And all the work that you put into that moment, that Wednesday, that Tuesday, that Monday, that Sunday night, the preparation, everything, it comes to play right now. So 
I'm glad that he told you that because if he would have told you anything else, I, I would have felt like <laughs> I didn't know anything. <laughs> He's an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, for sure. Um, that's just crazy, man. Like your story. I didn't, I did not know the podcast was good. I thought I was going to take, I mean, I am going to take some notes. I want to ask you some personal questions, not personal go, questions, but just questions that will help me personally um, and anybody else. But yeah, that's uh, I think one thing, for me is, you know, because athletes kind of lie, they lie about their mindset. They lie about, you know, how they're feeling. One of the big ones for me is I'm a, you know, I'm a fighter and I love watching fighting when guys say, Oh, I, I'm not scared of this guy. Or I'm not scared. Like I, I don't have any fear. It's like, okay, but, but you say you're not scared, but then you say you're nervous, like for the fight, like you get butterflies and stuff. It's like, dude, just, but that's one of the things for me. I'm like, I wish they would just be honest and say, dude, I'm terrified but I'm going to go fight him. Like, that's what you courage can't. is. It's a reason why you can't. You, you, you have to say that. You I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, but you can't say that. I'm going to tell you it's, why. Because it's like, if even if I went and fought like a, a seventh grader, I'd be scared because it's like, well, I can't lose this kid. You know, like there's always that fear of something. But when you hear somebody like that say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not scared. You're like, well, what's wrong with me? Because I'm scared. You know, like I... Or when you hear like The Rock say, "Oh, I sleep three hours a night," it's like, I I don't sleep three hours a night, and I'm not gonna be able to do that. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, facts, bro. But I'm about to give you an example. Okay. From a fighting world, I, I guarantee you understand this. You ever seen somebody get in the ring and get knocked out immediately? Yeah. <laughs> bro, they tapped into that fear. Right. That fear of, oh shit, I don't think I have a chance. Right, right, right. But in that same ring, I bet you've seen somebody who got knocked out or refused to, to stay down. Right. Because they knew they were scared, but they were going to find a way to win because as – I don't know. I, I don't know if everybody has that mindset, but for me, winning is everything. Mm. My last relationship ended because winning was everything. Mm. I won't let my ex-girlfriend win at basketball, 2K – Madden, tic-tac-toe. I don't care if we was getting dressed to go to McDonald's. She wasn't She wasn't beating me at getting dressed. I don't she wasn't beating me at finishing my food. Just literally, that's the way my mind works. Right, like, right. if I'm in a competitive state, you're not beating me at nothing. Right. And so, for me, I don't, like, I don't care if you were 6'8". I don't care if you're 7 feet. Find a way. Find, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to find a way to, to beat you. I'm going to find a way to win. Because mm -hmm. if like if you pray if you fall prey to that fear, you're gonna lose the inability to adapt. Yeah, you're you're gonna lose the ability to adapt. Right. So for me personally, when I was on the court, I always wanted to place. I always wanted to guard the fastest person. Right. Right. I knew I couldn't guard him, but I knew if I at least attempted to, I can adjust. And my whole goal was to get their respect at the end of that game. I don't care if it was a pickup game, adult league game. I don't care where I was. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I was able to gain respect to people that was like, yo, I didn't think that you would be able to stick with me on that. And I look at them like, bro, I don't know how I did. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where it's like, yo, I'm just always in a, uh, always in a, in a mode of how can I make this situation better? Right. And that's, just, that's just the way I was just, I, I programmed myself because growing up in, in, in some of the craziest um, situations, the uh, craziest um, communities wow. in the world, yep. 
it was either me do this or go down a different path. So I, I literally invested everything in into um, in a basketball. My mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit, my energy, everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just psychologically, it's like that fight or flight. You know, exactly. <laughs> when 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 you get scared, you have two options: you can fight or flight, and that's that's your choice. But some people choose to be half in, half out. You can't. And you can't. You have to either say you have to either burn the bridges and say I'm fighting this person to the death, or you have to say I'm going to run and until you know either I get away or they catch me and I. I just I want to retract what I just said because I said you can't, but there are some people who have a switch. And they could just turn that switch on anytime they want to. Right. Because I've seen many people come out. I've seen professionals do this, like LeBron, seen Kobe, seen people. They come out flat. Mm -hmm. Come do whatever they're doing. They didn't get their coffee. They didn't get the right amount of sleep. They were up all night, anxiety, whatever the case may be. They come out flat. Right. Then there's something in the moment that turns that they don't turn it on, but it's something in their environment and the moment that turns it on for them. Right. And next thing you know, you start seeing crazy shots from all over the court. You start seeing somebody on the football field run past defenders like they're not even there. You might see somebody that's literally in a chokehold. Yeah. Literally, he's about to tap out, then all of a sudden he finds a way out of it, and he yeah. wins the match. I know exactly what you're talking about. Bro, and that's something I can't explain. You right. only understand that if you – You've been in a, a you've been in an environment, a, 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 a competitive environment, where you've trained so long in your lifetime. That's to obtain that. Right. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Jordan actually talked about this in his documentary, where uh, where people would say something to him, and it would like flip that switch. He'd be like, "Oh yeah," and it he'd be like, "Oh, you think you're the man?" Like it would like almost insult him personally. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember. I was actually in a street fight one time and this guy put me in a headlock and, and this was somebody that uh, it was a teammate of mine and, and he had started over me and went to nationals and all American. And I felt like, I was like, man, like, cause we were so close. Like it was like, if I scored like one more point, I would have gone to nationals and done That's it. Crazy. And then, you know, but he ended up winning and he had me in the chokehold in this fight after nationals and everything. And I just made a decision. I was like, he's going to have to like pop my head off because I'm I'm getting out of this and I'm beating his ass when I do. And, <laughs> and and I swear, man, like I've never been choked so hard in my life, but and there's been times in jujitsu I've tapped and everything, but I just made a decision. No, it's either it's either like go out or you know, go out swinging, like one of the two. I'm not getting choked out this quick in front of all these people, uh, by somebody that's already caused me some pain. And and I made a decision and I went and I, you know, got out of it and I started throwing it punches and eventually i won the fight and i mean that's kind of a crude story but it but, is but, but it I, me, I, I, that made me happy because yeah i love seeing that like somebody put it all online like look i don't care what happens after this right but i'm not losing right yeah i love that 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 just i don't know what just happened to me right now but i'm i'm not even in shape to do anything in, in the sports world right now i'm actually working on that now but I want to get out there and kick some ass on the court right now. <laughs> right. Just right. with just from that story alone, because it's like if any for anybody who ever played, I don't care if you D 
did rug. I don't care what sports you ever played. We live for those moments. Live for them. And I'm ex bro, I want to experience that again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is. It's just that decision of like, I mean, he would have, if I wouldn't have got out, he would have choked me out. Like I would have, uh, sorry, I'm in a garage Are you and good? I got my cousins like trying to get their dirt bikes and stuff right now. So I'm just like, uh, there's a garage door open, but, um, yeah, so one thing I want to talk about, we kind of talked about this at the door, and I, I wanted to make this a point, um, and I'll put like a little teaser, because I think this is a big thing that a lot of people want, and that's like uh -huh. a, a social media presence and how to make yeah. money on social media. So I want to personalize this. Um, I'm just going to ask you, you know, my YouTube channel and my podcast are my two main things. Okay. And so I make YouTube videos, I make vlogs, and then I do the podcast. What would be what would be the best process to making that the most effective? I have a Snapchat. I have a Twitter. I'm not really using those. I have an Instagram. I want all those to feed to those two things. What would be your best process? I'm going to turn this on mute in a second. Okay. So most people that want to get into social media, their main reasons is because they're bored and lonely or they want to make money. So and most people just want to get on a sell, 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 sell. But ultimately, they're not selling the most important thing. They think the most important thing is selling their product. Right. The most important thing is selling yourself. Right, right. Because you can have, let's just say, five contacts in your phone right now. And you could try to sell them this new latest invention that you created. But if it's not fulfilling the problem or a problem or solution in their life, they don't want that. Right. So the best way if I, for somebody starting in social media now, I would use where, where, where are the eyeballs? Where are the people? The mm -hmm. people are on TikTok. The people are on Pinterest. The pe if you want to target, the, uh, target an audience of below 16 and below, that's YouTube. If you, there's a way to <laughs> there's a way to get um engagement on Snapchat with Snapchat Spotlight. Right. My thing is, if I was starting now, what I would do is I would create a TikTok account, and I would base my niche based off what I love doing, whether it be wrestling in your case, I mean uh, MMA, whether mm -hmm. it be whatever it is, I will start building on that. Once the people know you for that start branching off your podcast so in the middle of uh, a video you would say if you like content like this check my youtube out i just posted my latest conversation with or about and get right back to the video because when people let's say a hundred people see that video mm -hmm. and they're really into that video they to the, they watch that that mid segment they were like, oh, he has a YouTube? Let me go check it out. Oh, he posts on Snapchat? Let me go check it out. Oh, he posts on Instagram? Let me go. They're going to want to because you gave them a reason to. Not because you're selling something, not because of what you're talking about, but you already gave them a reason to tune in already. So if I, I, would, I would take advantage of the opportunity to grow on TikTok because TikTok is um, really pushing an initiative to, to make anybody successful anybody now you good little man 
So um, I live with my cousins right now. So <laughs> that's all. I love children, so I'm enjoying that. That's Chase, <laughs> they're inquisitive hi. minds. Hi. What's up, little buddy? He said, "What's up?" Hi. <laughs> this is Jace, and that's Jet. My girlfriend's been sitting over here in the corner. It's all good. Time. What's up? Hey, girlfriend. What's up, little little buddies? My, I hope y'all having a good day. She's my producer right today. <laughs> all right. All right. Continue what you were saying. They're making so, too much noise no, right now. Good. So I would say right now, the best thing I would do is I would learn to leverage um, to put my eggs all in one basket. And I would go with TikTok. And from there, I would um, let people know what my where else they can find me, where they can find me on my website. They can find me on, on my Facebook group. They can find me on my on. Um, Instagram, they can find me on Pinterest, wherever else, because you want to be able to use where most of the eyes are, most of the, where most of the people are. You want to be able to use that to bridge the gap between where they are and where you want them to be. They're like rolling on this thing and I'm like, hey, just no, 10 good. more minutes. So, okay. So as far as what you're saying though, you're saying from the marketing standpoint, from the the bringing the eyeballs to you would use TikTok like almost as your billboard. Exactly. Okay. So TikTok can be seen as a billboard. So my, like the, my main content is the YouTube and the podcasting. And then I remember what you said the other day about Twitter, like take some of your Twitter quotes or take some of your podcast quotes and post them on Twitter, post them post on, Twitter. Them, post post them on, on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and, and drive everything to those two things. And, and so, Okay, and so check it for something now. I'm a bit, I might be able to send you something I, I have in my file. It was something I, I learned from Gary V. Okay. Um, and he, I, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen this in a while, but I literally just thought about this. Here it is right here. How to make 64 pieces of content out of one piece of content. Okay. Yeah, send that to me. You I'm going to send this so. to you. I'm gonna try to find a link. Hold on. I'm gonna see if I can find a link to. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it on the web. But literally, this is where I learned it from. Cause I, I, I knew it already. But I, it was something I knew psychologically. I didn't really, under, I didn't know the understanding. I didn't have a great, good understanding for it because when I would hop on Instagram, I would see somebody Twitter, Twitter post as a as content and in my mind i wasn't thinking about it i was like what are they doing but when he broke it down when he broke it down i was like all they did was come up with this creative quote they put it they took that picture of their tweet put it on instagram they made a video around that piece and they just here you go right here i'm gonna send you the link right now to your phone yeah, send it. Um, Cause that's, I mean, that's good. Like I've, I've known, like I actually, my girlfriend and I, when we first did it, we had like a little like plot board. It looked like a detective board with all the red strings. And, but I think the way you said it is make the, vi make the video, make the YouTube video, make the podcast. And then, you know, my YouTube videos always start out with like a 20 to 30 second teaser with like little two, like half second to two second clips that just, and then some music behind it that just show the video do something like that or do like a workout video or a boxing video or something like that. Go post it to TikTok, And then in the middle of it or at the end or something, say, Hey, if you like this, go check out the full video. Um, 
and then that brings it to there and then with the and then eventually do the same thing with like the quotes you Wash, said behind rinse, a, repeat Wash, you said rinse, behind, repeat behind a green screen so you're only using two pieces of content which is me speaking for an hour and a half and then me doing a 10 minute video but you're also using all these other things to bring forth the attraction to bring forth I'm what exactly I'm about to give you an idea you can take piece of this podcast right now you can make that you can piece that together to make a YouTube video you could take about a seven to 60 second clip of everything that we talked about, break it down and make it a series on TikTok. You can take, you can take all those and put it on Pinterest. You can put it on Instagram. You can put it on everywhere, everywhere on social media where people are listening, looking and it's going to get you an audience, but you don't want to do that unless you already have an audience one place. Cause you don't, what you don't want to do is you don't want to put, you don't want to put content on YouTube, hoping somebody's going to get it. You don't want to put you don't you don't want to go on Twitter, because Twitter's a very a, a, a very big place. If you're posting something, if it's nine times out of ten, if you don't have a following, people aren't engaging with it. But you have to give people a reason to want to engage with you in the first place. So the best thing I could tell you is the best two things I could tell you is don't rewrite the will. Don't try to remake the will. As you know in your sport, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but it's something I've always done. I always looked at the way that the people that I looked up to or idolized, I looked at the way they did it. So find people that's in your niche or that's doing what you want to do and look exactly how they're doing it. I know for sure they're on TikTok. I know for sure they're on Pinterest. I know for sure they're on Instagram, but it's a, it's a way they're doing it to build the following that they have. And that's all it takes is you giving a reason for somebody to believe in you to, um, to grow. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm in the middle of applying everything I'm telling you to it right now. Like I've built my TikTok page to almost 9,000 followers in less than two months. Right. And that's with not being on it every day. Um, I, I, and about a 2000 of those people want me to start a YouTube channel like today. I didn't, I, I talked to them about it. I wasn't interested in like that, but they want me to start that today. Right, right, right. So I'm giving them a reason to want to look out for it. Sure. So I told them April 1st, no matter what my weight is, I'm starting my journey to get back to playing basketball and I'm posting the first thing to YouTube. Mm. Now what's going to happen with that video? I can repurpose it. I can bring it to TikTok. Right. Now I got people engaged with that, with that content. Yeah. But what, and they, if they want to see that, that if, well, if they want to see that information first, they have to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. It's going to sure. come to TikTok, but it's not, you're not going to get the same updates you're going to get on my YouTube channel. Sure. Yeah. And then from that point on, I'll be able to post pictures of my transformation on Instagram. Right. Well, for the people on Instagram that seen the transformation and want to know the story, where do they have to go? You have to go to YouTube. You got to go to YouTube. You have to go to TikTok. Right. And get the more in-depth feel. If you want to post your intermediate, your, if you want to post, if when I want to post my intermediate, my, my start, my start weight to my, to my new weight, to the weight I'm going to be going to, I'll post it on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to know the story behind it. Right. But where are they going to go for the story? YouTube. YouTube. TikTok. Right. So it's the same. You have to be able to have that mainframe. Yeah. Well, and two, 
your mainframe doesn't have to be any kind of media. Like you're seeing actors and fighters and everybody, they're getting a YouTube channel now because they get a guy that they contract for a media and they're like, hey, here's 300 bucks a video, get it it's all set up. It's not even that, it's probably their brother. And all they did was go buy a thousand dollar camera, get a tripod, or a tripod for it. They go shoot the stuff. They pay college kids um, to edit it. pennies on a dollar to edit it, and they upload it to YouTube. Right. And then it, I mean, you get. I mean, Matthew McConaughey got like four hundred thousand subscribers in like two days. Four hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube is another like if if you're just looking at ads, it's probably another hundred grand a year just from ads. Well, that's just, Matthew McConaughey is one handsome son of a gun. I love Matthew McConaughey. I love one, him too. <laughs> not only not only is he one of the best actors in Hollywood, he's one of the best people in Pure, Hollywood. Yes, he is. He's a great person. Yeah. Texas born. Um, he, I mean, he like is beloved by the UT. Like he's an honorary coach. Bro, just a great dude. His his speech on Who's Your Hero is one of my favorite speeches of all time. Oh my time. gosh. Him 25 years from now or five years from now, whatever it is. Yeah, when he yeah when he said um his fifteen year old him, yeah, what bro? To this day, I could watch that right now, and I would tear. I'm tearing up just thinking about it, bro. Right. Because that that was one of the most powerful things I've ever watched or, or um, or witnessed. Wow. Period. Yeah. Well, Russ, man, hey, I appreciate you being here. Things are getting kind of rowdy. We're uh, my mom. My mom's flying in. We're gonna go to the strip here in a little bit. I get that. Uh, Hope y'all have a great day. Dude, I'm going to go win some money at the casino or die trying. So I got to oh, win. Look, 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 you better win something or your girlfriend going to be real mad at you. And I hope that don't happen no time soon, bro. I know, right? So, well, <laughs> hey, brother, um, let's do this again sometime. I'll, you know, we'll keep in touch. Uh, Definitely. Let's do some more content at some point. But thank you so much for being on the show. I will, uh, it'll probably post it Tuesday. So I'll send you all the, the stuff. Um, yeah, bro. Like so I said, like I said, going forward. We made the connection, so I look forward to not only um, creating content but just growing together because we all need some. We all need people in our in our in our in our circles that right. believe in what we're all doing. And um, I'm looking to grow, so. not just with myself, but with having people that have um, great great energy and great mindset with me right. too. So you're one of those people, bro. I appreciate. And it, I look man. forward to it. Well, dude, hey. You said you want to lose some weight. You said you want to. Uh, I've already lost weight before get, we get off. Like, okay, so. Get in some shape. I've let been, me I've know. Been, we'll, I've, we'll go do a workout or something. Bro, I, I would love that. I will not <laughs> be playing any basketball, my, though. My butt. But I, I've already <laughs> lost 17 so nice. far. Good. On keto. And uh, I told myself, regardless of what the weight is on, uh, on April 1st, I'm going to shoot my first YouTube video on my phone. And we'll just take it from there. Sweet, man. Awesome, brother. Well, Russ, you have a great day, man. God bless you. Thank you so much for the, Likewise. For the help. See you, buddy. You take care. You too, buddy. Mm -hmm.